All right. Well, good morning, everyone, again, and a uh, special welcome to you. If you are here today as a visitor or a guest, um, glad you're with us. Hope you feel welcome at your time with us this morning. And uh, you should have got a bulletin on your way in. Uh, it has some information of things that are coming up in the weeks uh, ahead in the life of our church. And if you'd like any more information, um, at our welcome desk, you can fill out a Connect card, drop that off with one of our greeters, and they'll be happy to just connect you with anything that would be uh, helpful to you. And uh, we're excited that you're here. I hope you have, uh, some of us from last week are just drying out from um, after church last Sunday. There was a torrential downpour, unlike anything I think I've ever seen. And uh, it looks like we may just have a repeat of that again today. Who knows? But either way, uh, we are grateful uh, to be able to be here And uh, we're just going to pray as we open up God's Word together. So pray with me, please. Lord, thank you uh, that we get the chance again to open up your Word. Uh, Lord, we ask that as we do that, that you, by your Holy Spirit, would open up our hearts. Lord, we ask that you would uh, do that work, uh, Lord, that you alone can do. And uh, Lord, change us so that our lives might might better reflect uh, the likeness of Jesus, uh, our Lord and our Savior. We pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. So uh, there's a story about uh, three golfers. Uh, They were out in the golf course. One was a doctor, a second was an engineer, and the third, of course, was a pastor. And uh, they found themselves backed up behind this very slow group of golfers, and they're just waiting. And uh, the engineer turns and says to his friends, what on earth is going on with these guys? We've been here stuck for over 15 minutes. And And the doctor says, yeah, I've never seen anything like it. And then the pastor says, well, look, I see the the groundskeeper is coming along right now, so let's ask him what's going on. So the the groundskeeper explains to them that this group of uh, golfers is a a group of blind firemen. Uh, They had lost their sight uh, saving their clubhouse, the golf clubhouse, from a fire last year. So... The groundskeeper explains that we let them play anytime they want for free. And so that kind of changed the situation a bit. The, the, the group was silent for a moment, and the pastor said, you know, that is so sad. Why don't we just stop right now, and let's pray for these firefighters right now. And the doctor said, yes, good idea. And after that, I'm going to put a phone call into to my ophthalmologist buddy. I want to see if there's anything we can do to help these guys out. And then the engineer after that said, yeah, guys, all that's fine and good, but in the meantime, why can't these guys just play at night? So uh, <laughs> that, uh, that kind of helps to set the scene for where we're going um, this morning. Uh, the subject that we're going to talk about is patience. And uh, the challenge of showing patience and how patience is an expression of love. Uh, So we started last week in a new series. It's called Summer of Love. We are um, unpacking a different attribute each week of this uh, love, what's called the love chapter of the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, one of the most famous passages in all of the Bible that you hear at weddings, uh, oftentimes in so many different settings, and and, and we're going to just look at the way that that kind of just sets our sights on what matters um, and how to cultivate uh, relationships. And so um, I'm going to, again, I think we're going to do this each week, is just read through the chapter together. 
And then what we're going to do is just kind of unusual, but we're going to just park out on just one verse, actually just probably more like one word for this morning. And uh, that word this morning is patience. So it says this in 1 Corinthians, uh, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. So uh, this is just kind of showing, um, this showcasing that the, 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 the mark of maturity is, is seen through a loving life. And uh, we looked last week as we started at how love is this essential relational ingredient and how in the world that we live in today, this on-demand culture that we live in, uh, love just seems to be the, the missing ingredient. And uh, I don't have to look any farther than, than, than the mirror um, to see how quickly love can just leak out of my own life and, and find myself fueling on something other than love. And when that happens, um, I probably don't have to tell you that things tend to not generally play out in a very positive direction. And, um, and so I am here uh, not as a resident expert, but as a fellow student, someone who needs to grow, um, who's identified that. And, and just in case I needed a, just um, a reminder about that, I made this really bad decision yesterday. Um, well, over the course of the past six weeks or so, Diane has wanted this swing. She saw this swing for our backyard at Costco. She's like, I want this swing. And I'm like, are you sure you want this swing, or is this just like something you think that is good for this 30 minutes, and then it's going to leave your mind 30 minutes later, because once the swing comes, it's here, and then we're going to have to get rid of it, you know? So four weeks later, she's still asking for the swing. Like, All right, if you still want the swing, let's get the swing. So no sooner did I say that, she put the order in. It came about two weeks ago. It's been in the box. It sat in the box in our garage until last night, when for some reason, I don't know what got into me, but I thought it would be a good idea on a Saturday night in the sweaty, muggy heat that we were in yesterday, with about 30 minutes left of daylight and mosquitoes everywhere, I said, hey, I got a great idea. Let's build the swing. And we did. And Diane said, don't you need to get ready for the sermon? 
do some sermon prep? And I'm like, yeah, I probably do. Um, but that exercise was just a reminder to me. Uh, I'll spare you the details. But it was a reminder of how much I need to grow in love, um, in patience. And so we're walking down this road together. And it all turned out well, just to let you know. Uh, the swing works. It is up and operational. I've uh, got the headlamp out, and we worked through the night. Um, but uh, what we see here this morning is that love, it says, is, is patience. Patience is an attribute of love, and it's inviting us, really, what it's inviting us to do is to spell out I love you with the letters W-A-I-T, wait, because patience requires waiting. The two go hand in hand, putting on the brakes, slowing things down for the sake of others, and, um, you know, there's... To be honest, I, there's, there's a part of me that doesn't like that, right? I, I, would, I would much prefer to be able to spell love, to say I love you. Instead of W-A-I-T, I just like to spell it D-O-N-E, right? Let's get this done as quickly as possible. But I just read through 1 Corinthians 13, and I didn't see. I've looked, I've tried, but it doesn't say anywhere. Love is getting things accomplished as quickly as possible, it just doesn't show up there. Oftentimes, there's just there's this tension uh, between these two things. And, and, and the reality is uh, impatience is kind of the, the, default, the, the, the default setting of our, of our lives, um, of our culture, this on-demand world that we live in where we expect everything immediately. And uh, waiting is sort of the bane of existence. Uh, There's an article in Psychology Today that noted that it's actually better to think of impatience as the norm, not patience. And we've kind of got things um, backwards, as if patience were the norm and impatience were the exception. But they say, no, it's the other way around. Impatience is our natural reaction. And so patience should better be thought of as lack of impatience and they say it like this, somewhere along the way, we got these states backwards. Impatience should be seen as primary, and patience should be thought of as, well, impatience. Something to think about. Uh, this is the world we live in, and if I were to just kind of pick out a sound, you know, what is the, the sound that sums up the, the tone of impatience? I think uh, what comes to mind for me is the sound of a car horn honking. The, the honking car horn. Now, I'm not talking about just that quick tap, you know, that beep that gets a person's attention in case they're, like, checking their iPhone. Uh, I'm talking about that, like, midtown Manhattan, yellow car taxi in the middle of rush hour, laying down on the horn with the full arm pressed. You know that sound, right? That one I'm talking about. That, that honk um, that never seems to end. And it has nothing at all to do with just getting someone's attention. This is all about me expressing annoyance. What are you doing, right? Someone could possibly not move along at the pace that I set. How outrageous is that? Uh, 
honking car horn. That could sum up the sound of impatience. Um, But you know what? The reality is that um, impatience and the sounds that come from it don't just originate from car horns. Um, Impatience, when that's what's fueling our lives, it's always going to find a way to express itself out of our lives. What does it sound like in your life? Sometimes it sounds like this. Come on. Right? Sometimes it sounds like, are you kidding me? Or would you please hurry up? What are you doing? Truth be told, impatience doesn't even need words to be expressed. Sometimes it's nothing more than just a, just a nodded head, shrugged shoulder, or just that exaggerated sigh. We all know that all too well, right? Each of us, I think, we have our own sounds of impatience. And whatever they are, uh, we all know that they have about the same effect as that New York City taxi horn. Uh, We've all been on the receiving end and, and on the giving end of impatience, and it's no surprise to find out there's nothing there's nothing loving about those kinds of expressions. Uh, So to to state the obvious, impatience, it may be effective, right? It may provide that push to get someone to do what we want them to do, to get the outcome we're after, or even to just vent the frustration that's percolating inside of our lives. But there's consequences. There's consequences to impatience that oftentimes they just get overlooked, so the reality is, is that impatience is a, it's a relationship killer. It's toxic to relationships. When it turns into a pattern, it has just an isolating effect. Impatience creates distance. So on a relational level, when impatience gets expressed on an ongoing basis, walls go up because One way or the other, we figure out that an impatient person is not a kind of person we feel safe being around. There's there's no way to relax. There's no way to just kind of be yourself. It's always walking on eggshells, waiting for whatever is going to happen next that's going to set them off. The Greek word, if you look at the Greek word for patience, it's a it's a compound word. It's two phrases, two words. Macro thumai is the two words. The first word, macro, means, means long, stretched out. And then thumai is the word for anger. And so patience is, is really about being able to go a long time without getting angry. Extended period of time when circumstances are less than ideal without outbursts of anger. See, it's basically about having a long fuse, right? We, we use that phrase. We understand that. We all have fuses, just like fireworks have fuses. Uh, when I was a kid, the second best day of the summer was July 5th. So the best day of the summer was the day school got out. But on July 5th, the morning of July 5th, the kids in the neighborhood would wander around on our bikes, looking around the streets for all of the firecracker duds. And we'd gather them together, 
And uh, the ones that, for one reason or another, they didn't light up the night before, and we'd, we'd put them all together, and we'd try to set them off in the driveway. Now, I have to say this is not an activity I recommend, <laughs> right? I'm kind of required to say that. Um, but even as kids back then, we knew that uh, the longer the fuse, the safer the firework. So if, if the firecracker had a long fuse, then we know that we had enough time to light it and we could throw it and it would burst into, you know, in, explode in, in midair. But then there was like the medium fuses and those you don't want to just, you don't want to touch them at all. You just put them on the, on the driveway and you light them and, you know, a couple seconds later it explodes. Um, it's the short fuse, those. Those were the ones that were dangerous because you had to get close enough to, to light the fuse, but you had to get away before the, before the thing ignited. Um, so one time, uh, I was uh, lighting this fuse, and it wasn't long enough, and the firework exploded in my hands. Three of my fingers went flying around. The guys had to take it, and they sewed it back. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, it was my cautionary tale, just to make sure you don't go home and try this uh, yourself. These were, these were firecrackers, not M80s. Um, but the point is that... <sighs> What holds true of explosives also holds true in in relationships. And we all have this relational radar screen. We we kind of know intuitively, we calculate how long a person's fuse is. How patient is this person? We hear it in the words they say. we, we read it on their faces. We just sense it by what's coming out of their lives. And, you know, we can try to hide our impatience, but it, we, we don't do that effectively. It, it just spills out of us. And so here's the point that you probably have already figured out, that relationally speaking, the longer the fuse a person has, the, the safer they are to be around. And the shorter the fuse, the, the less safe that person is to be around. See, it's, it's, it has an isolating effect in patience. You can appreciate an impatient person, but there's a good chance you're going to want to just keep that person at an arm's length distance. So some, some translations, they, um, they translate, instead of patience, they, they translate patience as long-suffering. And I think there's something to that. Love is long-suffering. That's... That there's a way in which love is being willing to suffer for the sake of another. And sometimes the hardest challenge is to be willing to suffer by simply waiting. Waiting for a loved one to catch up, to give them the space to get to wherever you may be. And so here's an example of that that maybe you can relate to. Um, speaking from my own life, I think I can say with a very good confidence that I would gladly give everything I have for the sake of my family. I think I would take a bullet to the chest for my family um, with zero hesitation. If it cost me everything, right, if I had to get sold to Al-Qaeda, I would do it for my family. Uh, Many of you, I think you would do the same thing. But how about this scenario? How about when I'm sitting in the car in the driveway and I'm ready to go somewhere, (laughs) wherever that somewhere is, but I'm waiting 
for my precious loved ones to get their fanny into the car seat. Because for some reason, they're not there yet. They are still in the house doing, I have no idea what. But they're doing something. And, and so there I am, I'm, you know, tapping on the dashboard. I'm playing with the radio. I'm, I'm honking the horn just to give them a little reminder, right? Or I'm texting them. And as that's happening, the level of frustration starts building up. And it's building up to the level as to which... Like World War III might break out when my beloved finally makes their way into the car, right? This is, this is how things go. This is reality. It's crazy. Like, I will die for you, but if you make me wait for you, I might just kill you. <laughs> this, is, this is crazy. And I suspect that there are some of you here this morning who you're just saying, Pastor Brian, you just described our, our car drive into church this morning. Thank you. This is the challenge. This is a price. There's a price to be paid for patience, and it costs something to go along with others. And, and the truth is that you can avoid that cost, but it's a very lonely option. I think it's better to view patience not as a cost, but as an investment. It's an investment in relationship. It's a way of saying to someone else that you rank higher than what I intend to get done. You rank higher than me accomplishing my agenda. You rank higher than me knocking these lists off, this, this, this to-do list, my, my schedule. There's, there's just no way to be patient until we're able to recalibrate our lives in such a way that people matter more than our own personal progress. Uh, that's the only way it can ever happen. It's, it's a willingness to just slow the pace down and adjust expectations so I'm moving at a pace that someone else can jump along and go for the ride. Because the alternative is that we just put people on relational leashes like a dog and we pull them to hurry them up to go where we want to take them. And uh, that doesn't typically go so well. So as as we're spelling this out, let me just clarify one thing just so we're not making um, the the, the wrong conclusions that uh, patience is a virtue, right? But passivity is not. And so we want to clarify the two Uh, Don't confuse one with the other. There will be times when the right response is to take action. So if you are someone who finds yourself in a situation that's destructive, that's abusive, you can be patient, but don't be passive, right? Take appropriate action. Get yourself to a place of safety. Do not let yourself be taken advantage of. Patience Patience is an act of love, and oftentimes passivity is, is an act of fear. It's paralyzed, not wanting to move. And, and there are situations that require decisive action, so let's not confuse passivity uh, with patience. So we all, we all need this patience. Uh, it's obviously an essential ingredient to growing deepening relationships, and the, the question, the real question for most of us is where, where do we get it? Where, where does the patience we need come from? And, 
And what I don't want to do here this morning is have any of us just walk out of here with um, just a series of, you know, quick self-help fixes. Uh, some tips like, uh, you know, take a deep breath or, you know, get more sleep or try to reduce the stress in your life or punch a pillow, right? If you got to do those things, do them, but that's not what's going to change your life. Um, and we are here talking about interested in investing in lasting life change. And my conviction is that lasting life change is the it's, it's not the byproduct of self-help strategies. It's the byproduct of the deep work of the spirit of the living God residing inside of our hearts. See, he's the one who transforms us from impatience to patient people, from the inside out. And that means we haven't fully addressed the subject of patience, loving people by being patient with them until we've talked about how God factors into it. Um, So the first thing I'd want to say about that is that patience is a product. So if you were here last week, we said Jesus completely fulfills 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So every time we see love is patient, uh, love is long-suffering, whatever it is, all of those attributes, we can change the word love and, and put it, substitute it for the word Jesus, his name, because he is completely that way. Jesus is completely patient. And the point is that this Jesus, who loves us so well, who expresses love to us by being patient with us, that he is through the Holy Spirit residing in your heart, inside of your life, if you've trusted in him as your Lord and Savior. And so maybe step one to being able to cultivate patience is to Start by calculating and appreciating how incredibly patient our Lord has been and how he continues to be with each one of us. Because he has, hasn't he? Right? Every every part of this passage, you're going to hear this every week as we go through this series, these attributes seeing them take shape in our lives, it's always going to bring us down, bring us back to our own personal walk with the Lord. The Lord is patient with you. He is patient with you. He is is not the God who is there with his arms crossed, you know, just nodding his head and just exasperated with us as we're struggling to take that next step forward in faith. That's not his response. I love this verse in Romans 2, 4. It says, do you presume on the riches of this kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? See, here's the truth. Your God My God, our God, has been and continues to be more patient with you, with me, with us, than any of us will ever have to be with someone else. Please understand that. Um, That reality gets fleshed out in our walk with the Lord. And so when I find that my patience is just draining out of my life, the first thing to pay attention to is not 
you know, these people who are making me so impatient. And if this would change and that would change, then I would be patient. Don't go to the horizontal. It's always bringing us back to the vertical. Where's my walk with the Lord at? How am I building into my walk with the Lord? Am I, grow, am I cultivating a growing and ongoing walk with the Lord? Am I attending to that or am I neglecting that? Because as I'm neglecting that, it will manifest itself horizontally in our relationships. And as I'm attending to that and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing God's patience being poured out into my life, that does empower me. It changes the way that I treat other people and how I react to them. Like we said, the Holy Spirit makes his home in our hearts and his agenda is to manifest the patient presence of Jesus through each of our lives. And that, that happens as we yield our lives, as we yield our agenda to his and set his as the primary first place position. And so that also requires a step of surrender. This, this just daily rededication where we come before the Lord and say, have your way in me. Have your way through me. I'm going to lay down my will. I'm setting my desires aside. I'm putting my agenda on the back burner so, so you can reign, so you can live out your agenda, so your priorities can get accomplished through my life. That means being available unconditionally to love others with Jesus' patient love, for him to love others through you and through me. You see, the only way we can be that kind of patient, have that kind of patience, is, is through God's strength and his presence. Because on our own, I don't know about you, but we just tap out early. We just don't have the capacity to love others like that on our own. But the Holy Spirit is empowering lives that are laid down as living sacrifices, surrendered so he can pour his patient love to us and through us. And so in that way, patience is the product. It's just the product of, of letting Jesus, who is already residing in our hearts, have his way in our lives because he has the capacity to be patient in ways that none of us do. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to do that through you. He wants to do it through me. He wants to do it through all of us. So, so patience is a, is a product and it's also a process. Uh, patience is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And, and that means that none of us are able to produce patience by just trying harder. And sometimes that's a strategy we come with. All I got to do is just give it a little more effort. I'm going to really try to be patient. Did you ever try to grow a squash? Did you ever try really hard? Did that make any difference at all? It doesn't, right? It's a process. You don't try to grow a squash. You you plant the seed in the ground, you water it, you, you make sure it gets enough sun, and, 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 and you wait, and you watch, and the, the plant grows, and the flowers bloom, and the fruit comes, and it ripens. And eventually, after a long period of time, you eventually you've got this beautiful vegetable to pick, the harvest. It's a process. And that's, that's how patience 
That's how all of the attributes that we're looking at in this chapter take shape in our lives as well. Here's how it happens. God will put us in a situation where we need to be patient. It's usually not a fun situation. It's usually like Saturday night on a muggy uh, night with the mosquitoes around and you're trying to build a a swing that you didn't want. (laughs) But your wife does. And she's going to love it. Um, She better. (laughs) But it's these situations where we then get the opportunity to choose patience and surrender our lives and and get close to Jesus and let him manifest his presence through us and and learn from him. And over the course of time, over the course of a lifetime, we we see patience taking shape in our lives in a way that builds gradually, and it's good. Patience is a product, and patience is a process. It takes shape over the course of a lifetime. Uh, There's... There may not be a quick fix to it. There may be a process by which I just, I try, I fail, I ask for forgiveness, I repent, and I get up and I try again. That's that's okay. That's part of the growth process. Ultimately, love is patient because God is patient. The Lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. And that's why we're to be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to be angry. And so here we are living in this world where the most important relational attributes are ignored, thrown away, dismissed for the sake of achievement, for the sake of accomplishment, for the sake of agenda. And so there's got to be something in our lives that responds to that and says, I don't want that. I want to respond to the more that God has for me. And that more is going to manifest itself through a life of love. And a life of love is going to get lived out through opportunities to show patience in situations where I on my own will not be patient. Lord, have your way through me. See, chances are by the time we walk out of this building this morning, we'll have already had two or three opportunities to do that. And if not, just wait till you get home or wait till you go to the grocery store. There is countless opportunities when we will be in that place where we will want to respond with impatience, with exasperation. And that moment will be our invitation from Jesus Let's love. Let's pour out love. How's that going to play out in your life? How's that going to play out in your family? How's that going to play out in your relationships, in your place of work, in all the different spheres of life? Let's pray to that end.